0: Hello, and welcome to the King Hero's Journey podcast. My name is Beth Martins, and I'm here with Sherry Rothwell, my very good friend and colleague. Welcome, Sherry.
1: Yeah, thank you. Happy to be here as usual. Anytime I get to talk to you is a good time.
0: I know. <laughs> I know. I feel that way. I feel closer to you than ever,
1: Oh,
0: even though we're not in the same city, and I still pray for that. So I'm going to um, go live on Rockfin. So anyone that would like to jump over there, I will grab a link. We are live now. And I'll post that in the chat here. And there's the link. If anybody doesn't uh, know about Rockfin, you can just watch. I always make my streams free. You don't have to sign up. So thankfully, Rockfin, now you can at least watch a stream without having a sign up. If you do sign up for me, I believe there is a little bit of a kickback in a currency that I don't know how to use yet. <laughs> so, it's, uh, But uh, you can do that. We were also live on Fakebook that suppresses the crap out of these These uh, streams, there's always like, I don't know, 12 people who end up watching those videos. Most of the audience, welcome to anybody on YouTube who's here. And all of these interviews, if you don't know, they go live to my podcast as well. A little bit after the fact, usually takes a a day or three to get them up there. But you can listen as an audio or download those uh, more as podcasts. So that's on uh, iTunes and Spotify and Anchor FM and almost anywhere that has uh, podcast capacity. So if you're already here and you want to come and say hi in the chat, we will be open for questions, right, Sherry? Yeah. Oh, yeah. If -hmm. people have uh, specific questions. Now, I'll give a little bit of a background uh, first on Sherry and then on um, actually, Sherry, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself since, you know, Mm -hmm. You know about yourself.
1: No <laughs> you probably know me almost as well. I do. I
0: do. Buy okay. me a second
1: yeah, so my name is Sherry Rothwell and um, I am super passionate about holistic nutrition and um, embarked on that journey a long, long time ago in my early 20s when I found myself sick with mono and I had to heal myself because Uh, when i went to the medical doctor and they took a swab of my throat and said you have strep throat and mono and there's nothing you can do about it so just you know take the antibiotics and pretty much in my brain it was like okay go to bed for a couple years and uh i just decided that uh, i'd go to the health food store because i had a really great experience with a natural remedy prior to that moment um and a really great conversation with a woman who was told that she was not going to be able to get pregnant because she had endometriosis. And uh, she planted a seed for me at that point that just because the medical community tells you something is so-called incurable, uh, that doesn't mean that's true. Um, so I'm like, I'm going to go back to that lady. So, you know, she opened up prescriptions for nutritional healing for me. It's, got to the page on mono, gave me 30% off all supplements, because she is like one of those people that worked there because she cared about people, wanted to see them heal themselves. And uh, that changed my life within two weeks, I felt about 70% better started seeing an energy healer at the same time. um, And uh, literally just transformed my health in, you know, like, I don't know, in a matter of weeks, honestly, like I didn't miss a day of work. Still felt like I could feel the virus in my body for a couple years um, until I took a homeopathic remedy like, you know, energy medicine is amazing, got me like past that last bit of it. Um, But I really learned how you take your health into your own hands. And I basically, from that moment on, have been passionate about healing yourself. So that's how I'm here.
0: (laughs) Fantastic. Yeah. So we both have our experience with the medical system and not getting results in that world and having them make claims that you end up proving are not true because you have a breakthrough. And, uh, you know, I often tell the story and I say in my book, how I was able to heal from cancer outside of that system after being nearly murdered by that system. Yeah. And, uh, it became, uh, you know, quite a journey for me and quite an awakening to how much healing capacity we actually have inside ourselves.
1: The story is the most amazing and most powerful, honestly. Like, right on, right on. your story. <laughs>
0: there you go. I wanted to say hello to uh, Michelle Lundquist, who's here and is going to be on Thursday with Kyle Denton on a uh, an, not an entirely unrelated topic. They're both herbalists and they are um, both into archetypes and both okay. into astrology. And so, we're going to match up the scale. Yeah, we're going to match up the scale of emotion to the herbal remedies that wow. are are out there. Yeah, really fun. Really fun because this is this was a job I couldn't do uh, very well on my own and that's why I love to have people like you on as well. So, I'm glad Michelle is here. I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, and she says she's she's uh, been loving your info. And the thing that I've loved the most about your info is that it's very sober. And it has an eye on long-term healing, not just like, oh, I have this thing and I want to get rid of it so I can get on with my normal life.
1: Right. Yes. Yes. And,
0: uh, you know, I know you're focused extremely on food and with the recent health journey that I went through with a complete collapse of digestion, both uh, mm-hmm. mentally, emotionally, and, but, but very much physically, which was the stopper and maybe nothing else would have stopped the show uh, <laughs> that would get me to uh, a new place, and to really, you know look at things that needed to be looked at, and just the the incredible stress of the last three years that I put myself under because I was just bragging in the house of free will, how nobody told me what to do. Nobody controlled me. Nobody told me, you know what stickers to put my feet on, or uh, what I should put in my body or how I should work with people or all of that kind of thing. but uh so it's it's really beautiful in a way because the process of taking responsibility for your health includes looking at all elements at a at a holistic level and and um and you very much helped me with that and then specifically on using food as a healing force, Do you want to you want to talk about that. I know we we did one interview already, so there might be some overlap here, but uh, I think it bears repeating. Regardless.
1: Oh, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, I think that people underestimate how much healing they can have by just focusing on the food aspect of things. Mostly, I think in our society, when people start to learn about natural health and natural medicine. They come at it from the perspective of that Western medical mindset. So it's just using a different remedy, but still with the old mindset, a a pill for every ill, but now it's just like a natural pill for every ill, right? (laughs) Um, And we give a lot of power to these pills. And and actually, because we've been programmed or brainwashed that the power is in the drugs, Um, it actually can work to our benefit when we apply it to a pill, because to some degree, the results that we get are based on our belief system. And um, based on taking action in connection to that belief system. So, um, you know, you do have to actually like recognize where you're coming from when you're making a choice, because sometimes uh, people go in like the opposite direction where they make a choice that sounds like it's the right choice, but they're not actually subconsciously in in alignment with it, right? So we have that example in childbirth, when a woman is like, oh, I'm going to have a natural home birth because this is the right way and I'm gonna do it holistic. But then in the back of her mind, she has doubt and fear around that and then it still manifests. And until she, even though there's nothing really wrong with her, until she gets transferred to the hospital, she will not give birth to the baby because her belief system is I'm not safe until i'm in you know the care of medical doctors so you know there's a lot of different like perspectives and things that are going on you know with the subconscious and the conscious mind um, so sometimes we take medicine that's natural but with the western medical mindset believing that you know the power is just in the pill um, and i think that if we if we give a pill whether it's natural or medical um, that much power and it's just a small little tiny amount of the medicine. Imagine how much bigger the benefits can be to healing when you your whole plate of food is your medicine.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So much
1: okay. more power there.
0: Yep, there's a lot of power and there's a lot of simplicity in it yeah. as well.
1: Yeah. Because, yeah. Eat anyways, right?
0: What you you're gonna be eating anyways? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's part. That is part of your normal routine. God set it up that way. I often was like, God, really? You know, do we have to eat? And I defied. I defied that quite a bit in, yeah. in that that belief system because when it comes to say fasting i didn't have any will to do that i didn't want to do it i was already a thin person somebody some yeah. people have criticized me by the way that i'm i've been i was fasting for vanity so i could get more skinny Perfect. you couldn't be further from the the truth about that like if if it, if this was about vanity i would be eating donuts all day <laughs> and just, yeah and just beefing myself up but i am on the slow healing the slow cooking and it takes time And uh, do you agree with this, that the amount of time it took you to get into a situation is probably the amount of time it's going to take you to get really, truly free from it?
1: Possibly. Yeah. Like, um, I think, again, because we're in that medical mindset where we're like, we're just going to take a pill and it's going to take the symptom away immediately. And that's what we expect to happen. The minute that we don't get instant results with natural medicine or food, we think it's not the right thing for us. Um, there's like a little saying in the natural health world that it's gonna take you a month for every year that you've had the health problem for it to heal. Um, and I think it's a nice little you know um, thing to think of just to have something in our mind because our brain does want to know that, like, how long am I gonna do this before I start seeing benefits, right? Um, so I think that's a good you know, rule of thumb to keep in mind, but it also holds that you can heal in an instant. Right. So you you could, you know, release attachment to how long it takes, but at the same time, be open to healing instantly. And a lot of that healing can come from doing energy work and energy medicine, because when you're working in that realm where everything happens instantly, that's it can happen that quickly. You can get results so quickly. So that was why for me, when I did my work um, on myself in my early 20s with Mono, I incorporated the energy work simultaneously. I just happened to be lucky enough. I was sitting on a plane uh, beside an energy worker on the way home from, like I was traveling from Vancouver where I lived to Winnipeg. And um, she just told me about energy work. And I didn't quite understand it at that time, but I just remember, because again, I remembered, I had this conversation with this woman. I remember her actually saying to me, I wish that I was your age when somebody was telling me this because she's basically teaching me about the law of attraction and creating your own reality as much as she was teaching me about energy medicine and the body and stuff. And so of course, when I got that diagnosis, I went not just to the health food store, but to that woman as well. And you know, I, what I noticed was every time that I wasn't getting, um, like in my journey, because like I said earlier, it took about two years before I could really feel like I was fine. Um, Although I was still like really high functioning, I didn't have to give up work, but I still had to go to bed early for like a good two years. And I couldn't tolerate any toxins. Like if I had um, like a tiny bit of white sugar or a cup of coffee, instead of getting a, a boost, I would be like already here and then it would crash. Like there was no nothing that made it feel good or benefit me in any way. So I had to immediately stop that. I had been smoking for like a year at that point. I just like quit all those things, completely cold turkey, because my body was like, no, which is beautiful, right? Because if your immune system is, um, is in any way depressed, it will show you what's toxic before a healthy person will know that something's toxic. So that can be the beauty of having a health issue is that it teaches you so much. So you wouldn't dream of doing that to yourself. <laughs> the future right um so yeah i like for those that time when i so i'd made all these dietary changes overnight i went from the standard north american diet to a whole foods diet and um i mean that made amazing benefits and then on top of that i added the supplements that were recommended and then i did the energy work and i noticed through those um at least the first year that there would come a point where at about the end of 30 days or so, I would start to feel my energy crashing, despite still, you know, having, we eating the perfect diet so-called and the, you know, taking the supplements and, you know, making the lifestyle changes, not putting toxins on my skin. Like I went from like being the girl who wore nail polish and changed it every single day to the color of her outfit and wearing makeup and did, like high heels and hair dye to like, basically not having anything like I just no makeup. So I was working in a salon at the time because I'm an esthetician as well. And uh, I remember the owner of the salon being like, oh my god, because I went from like this, you know, model of like aesthetics and like, you know, all the beauty standards to now being a hippie overnight. And he was like, Sherry, could you just wear some makeup? (laughs) I'm Like, no, I can't. (laughs) So yeah, that's how I made the jump to working in the natural health field, obviously, because it no longer aligned with me to you know, put nail polish remover on my body all day and all those things, which honestly, I think that might've been one of the triggers that made me susceptible at that point to contracting mono is because my immune system was very likely depressed from all those things, not to mention what I was doing to myself. But when you're working in a salon, you're like immersed in chemicals all day, whether it's the ones you're putting your own hands into, because you're, you know, taking people's nail polish all day off all day and like, you know, putting you know toxic creams on them and also on yourself and then you're you got the hairdressers in the salon at the same time and then they've got all their hair chemicals right so you know i i, I believe that that is you know one of the contributing factors so it's like nutritional deficiency combined with toxicity is a recipe for a health problem basically
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly and we have the toxins shooting, uh, you know, real high, fast speed in every direction. I was just hearing how, um, now, apparently this is provable that they're, um, uh, I won't say the buzzwords, we'll keep clear of those, but the the lines they make in the sky with the airplanes that don't go away and that they might contain lithium.
1: Oh, right, yeah.
0: You know, and yeah. different things. Don't, yeah, yeah. And this was something very interesting because it could have, I could have, as the conspiracy theorist, gone down this rabbit hole and like, you know, tried to pin it on blaming this or that. And it's not that I don't have signs of that as well, of of being targeted, but I'm not willing to hinge my paradigm on that. I I did it again last night, just like entertain for a minute. Like, yeah, maybe it's a, and I'm like, no, I'm not even going to think like that because it takes the power out of my hands. Yeah. And I like the feeling of the power in my hands and what that requires is taking full responsibility that it's, it's me in my life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You can always put a force field around you.
0: And can do the force field which i very much feel actually mm-hmm. you know when it comes down to say uh in our world you know that acapulco was just attacked with weather weapons you know if i, if I can make that claim it looks by all uh you know it wasn't wasn't your regular hurricane with rain and uh it was a one hour blast and yeah. it flattened that whole city and you know so there's there's so much against us but if you stay in the paradigm of self-responsibility Mm-hmm. I believe there is and and then have a relationship with God in a, a, cl- a close personal relationship with God where you are going to hear where to be, where not to be. You can go against logic sometimes and do the thing that makes no sense. Yeah. And you know, go down a path because you do feel connected, or you can go into an arena that you know is wrought with the possibility that it, you will get attacked in that. And, uh, but that, but that feeling of being protected, like I just, I, it's so strong for me
1: mm-hmm. and, that,
0: and that I can deal with anything that, that comes my way too. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It makes, it makes perfect sense. I mean, it's the same thing as trusting your inherent vital healing capacity, because it's the same force that created you is the same force that you're you're animated by, which is the same force that heals you. So it's, I mean, it's being open to just believing that it's possible to heal is like the first thing. And like trusting that y- you have this inherent force inside of you that, you know, makes you alive and you you were created to be healthy. So, um, and I know it's like, it can sound like it's hard to just believe in that, especially when in the moment you have something wrong with you and you're, you know, it, it, then the doubt comes, right? Cause it's like, well, if I was created to be healthy and I was created, you know that my body knows how to heal itself Then, like what's what's wrong why am i not right um, but i think that there is a possibility that there's always something that we're missing right it's like if we knew what it was we'd be doing it but we don't know and so the first to me step is to like recognize well i just don't know which would be where you would go into that state of checking in with uh you know, something that you think of as being higher than yourself to communicate with you in a different way, like not communicating in that mind way, right? Because as you know, obviously as an emotional release person is like, if the mind knew how to heal the body, it would already have done it. Or if it knew the answer to the question, it would have already said it or would have, you know, had been there. So the answer has to come from somewhere else. And which brings me to something that I think is really important that people miss is that you don't need to know how or what is necessary for healing, right? Like when I have somebody coming to work with me, I don't know what, I don't know what they're gonna need. I don't know what the answer is to their so-called diagnosis or, you know, health problem. I just trust that if they came to me, then that was divinely inspired and that together we're gonna figure it out. And that might be through a synchronicity. It might be nothing I know intellectually at all, like zero right? Like when you first came to me, I don't know what the answer is. Like, we're just going to figure it out together. That's it. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. Again, back to that word sober. I love that because the natural health world has been victim to our left brain indoctrination. I was able to really articulate this after hosting uh, Simon Esler the other week for an interview and how we're basically addicted to certainty. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, if you are a practitioner, or you know you have a body of knowledge that you're putting out, if you put it out in any ways, like I don't know, <laughs> then you really don't carry, or, or it will be appear to be perceived to be that you don't carry authority in the process. But to me, that carries way more authority: the fact that you weren't like, okay, here's how it is, and and this is exactly how everything's going to go and this is the result you can expect and it's just like no i'm i'm in the experiment with you and we will mm-hmm. continue and and see how everything works and you know i will go so far as to say natural health is great like insurance until you need it mm-hmm. because there's so much different knowledge out there there's so much opposing Knowledge out there, mm-hmm. you know, like th- th- one person will say something completely opposite to th- the other, and they're both certain of it. Yeah, and then so you're left in the middle here, going like, mm, I don't have any idea. Big question mark on my head all the time, and and then getting into the mystery element of it—the the things that we cannot, with facts and track uh, record and all of those kind of things, be certain about—and accepting the mystery. And, and I just want to address also your, you know, your belief that you can heal. I agree that if you believe you can't heal, that's very power, powerful. Mm-hmm. And I, I say in my belief system, I believe everybody can heal, but that is not a guarantee that their body is going to repair and survive
1: mm-hmm.
0: because you look at the track record of everybody who's ever been on earth. They all died. Yeah. <laughs> 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 right, sorry, sorry to break it to you and yeah. and this is the big lie to me in in the in the medical indoctrination that we've had that we are here with death is our enemy and we have to subvert it and we have to do everything possible to prevent it which in my experience is often a great deal of the malaise is that mm. you know that no energy to death and sickness. Mm -hmm. Right. And my biggest fears were getting sick and, and, and dying. And there I was in that exact situation. Mm -hmm. So it, it turned me back towards looking at those fears and, uh, and then, you know, over the, over the years, learning exactly how to let them go in a way that's going to be irrefutable, that you can be certain that I I don't have that fear anymore. And that's the deepest one. So this is, this one doesn't go down super easy. I don't know if there's anything you want to come in there.
1: Yeah, well, it's instinct for it not to go down easy, right? It's like we wouldn't be able to even do this if we if we weren't afraid of death. We would just be like the minute it's too hard, like off with ourselves, right? It's like if we knew that it was a video game <laughs> and we got another chance, right? So um, <clears throat> I think that's instinctual and I don't know if it, it can ever... Um, you know, I don't think like in an instant, if it's actually, if you're in the process of happening, it happening, especially if there's pain involved, then there's resistance to it, obviously. Um, but I, I really like that, like that you brought that up because it's like, yeah, we all do eventually die. Um, but do we want to make a decision about how we're going to live our life while we're alive? And are we going to live to... optimal state of health until that day right or you know um do we even have the like then there's the question of like everybody says yeah I want to live but do you really want to live right like it's like do you actually have a vision for your future that calls you into wanting to live and I mean I think that's the the biggest part of the healing is to have something that you want to live for and I don't just mean basic like um, like, I, I want to stay alive because I have children to look after, but is my future that I see for myself, even like, does it call me to being alive? Right. So I, I would think that like, if you wanted to heal yourself, especially when you are maybe not believing that it's possible is to realize that first of all, the, the fact that you're sick is that you're something isn't Right. In your life whether it's like physical emotional mental environmental something isn't right nutritional um toxic wise like something's not right clearly mm-hmm. um so you can either feel like a victim to that and be like well I have no control over it. It's just my genes. I have this diagnosis. I'll just take the drug and then I'll just like sit in front of the TV and eat junk food or whatever until I die. Right, Like, like a lot of people don't think beyond that because they actually buy into whatever the doctor told me is the truth.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So many of my family members,
1: mm-hmm. they make it the truth because they believe it and they take zero action. They go into the entropy and then they just decline right? So there's that way of doing things and that's a choice. Um, Or there's the decision to go, okay, I have this obstacle in front of me called healing. Do I want to live? Okay. So let's create a vision for the future that I want to live into and actually embrace the journey as an opportunity to transform myself. That's the only way to not be in a state of victim. Like you have to have a reason or a a meaning. or, you know, when I was sick with mono, before I got the diagnosis, I was a hundred percent sure I had cancer because I instinctively knew that I was, my immune system was crashed, but I didn't know about mono. Right. So I, before I, you know, got to the place where I started to heal myself, I, I remember saying to God, like, I, I promise if I, Heal if I live through this, I will share natural health with people forever. I promise I will help people. I literally had that experience with myself. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like it's just you have to have a reason that you can live into and then use the challenges that you have in, in life to give back to others. Like, otherwise, what was it for if there was no learning, growing, transformation, paradigm change, you know, uh, and giving back? And it doesn't mean everybody has to become like heal themselves and become a holistic nutritionist or a naturopath or, you know, a functional medicine practitioner or, you know, herbalist or whatever, you know, your unique, you know, interest is in when it comes to healing. Um, But, you know, it's in some way you have to give back. So if now you have your health, what is your mission in life? How do you want to? Um, you know, make the world a better place for yourself and others. That's the kind of thing that calls you into being alive, I think.
0: Beautiful. And yeah, that was the big swap out for me that I went from fearing and preventing death to loving life and loving the potential that life held for me to uh, both give and receive uh, and also because we have a mutual interest in in business, the, um, you know, being able to do your life passion as a, a work that you do that you're valued for that you don't have to necessarily, you know, split your time and attention between that I always said that that yeah, yeah, you're going to build a business but the main thing is that you're going to break through your uh, limitations and get past your fears Yeah. and have that, what I want to emphasize your very strong point is that if there isn't a reason to go through the very hard struggles that is core to your own soul, you may, you may not. Yeah. Right. You just may not. Yeah. And uh, so it's that like, okay, yeah, this is like, I love my life. How many times am I, am I either going to bed or whatever? And I'm just going like, thank you, God. Like I, 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 I get to have this life, not just because it was handed to me on a platter by any means, right? It was, yeah. it was uh, a lot of constant, ongoing work to this moment. Yeah. That sometimes I'm, you know, I was um, uh, playing a game with myself called spiraling, something that I I teach in my courses, and mm-hmm. uh, and going through the emotional scale and coming coming to the fear part and having this, you know, this um, like I can't believe uh, the, the, this underlying unconscious fear that that like, here I am off on my own, doing my own thing, nobody's regulating me, nobody's protecting me, I, it's I'm living by my own wits, I've been doing it for 20 years. And then, you know, it's just able to see another layer of unconscious fear that I hadn't seen about myself, mm-hmm. and how there is, you know, always a loss from that. So there's a very big dis- difference. And this is how I learned to, to define instincts, is that it's about protecting life, not preventing death. So in the end, I will, I will say that it's not fear that protects. Mm. Fear never protects. It's love that protects. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, when you have that strong vision and that purpose and you have agreements with God, right? We all, I think we all do. Maybe just some of us hadn't uncovered them yet or had those circumstances that brought them up. Yeah. Then, then it is worth it to go through all the challenges and the trials and the tribulations that are constantly ongoing in, in our life. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it really is like a gift if you decide to make it one.
0: If you decide to make it one, if you don't decide to make it one, it's not a gift. No, it's it's nothing is inherent like that because we are in the world of free will. Yeah, and we have to choose it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And I wouldn't take that all that experience back for nothing. Like I had no idea that this would be a passion of mine. And I, and I feel like I was like, as though it was there and I just didn't know. And the only way I could wake up to it was going through that, you know, like how else would I have? Right. Cause I was like, Oh, I was in Vancouver. I was there cause I was going to be an actress. Like, you know, <laughs> you know,
0: exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we might lack the motivation because when there's no adversity in our lives now, this is, I, I would put this more out as a question. Do you think when there's no, adversity in our lives, that there's, there would be no reason to work. Like I would, I would hope that people could find other reasons to Mm -hmm. do that work.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. I guess it, it's probably like where you're at in your, like, I don't know, growth and development. I know that I definitely having that negative experience made me want to help others. And every time I've had a negative experience, I have an idea for how to help others. Like it just always kind of comes out of that. Right. But I do know that, and again, maybe it does come out of this same thing. When I think back to once I became a mother, that really changed my perspective because I was like, okay, uh, it's not just about, you know, me or anymore. It's about what kind of, and like my life and what I'm just going to do here because I like doing things here on this earth for pleasure or whatever. It's actually like, wow, I want to have this world be some place that, I'm like not afraid for my children to live in or my grandchildren. Right? Like that just, whoa. I mean, that's, that's probably why like if you leave birth alone and you let a woman have her full expression of that experience and she comes out the other side, completely transformed, like a woman's vision quest, essentially. Right. It's like childbirth. Like when it's not interrupted, it becomes a completely altered state of consciousness. On the, on the other side of it, you're thinking completely differently. It's like, wow. And you actually like had that same life force that heals your body will help you to give birth without you needing anyone to tell you how to do it. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. And you go from being the maiden to the mother. Yeah. And that that's a really big leap. It is a total transformation. Absolutely. And, and, and well, you know, illness might seem like a bad comparison to birth because you're obviously in a, in a different capacity. There is a birthing element in, in the, nature that there are parts of ourselves that are locked in the unconscious for one reason or another. They were, you know, it's too painful to feel. It's too long ago that you can't really connect it uh, up to your present moment. You're not aware of how you think. You're not aware of how you feel. You're, you know, uh, it's very easy to suppress symptoms, very easy. I, you know, I'm re- re-reminded of that, how just by going business as usual, Um, you know, going through a day high speed. And uh, this is one thing that I have been more or less cured of right now is, is going through experiences without any digestion period, not, not of the food, but of the experience. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: just, just going through experience after experience after experience after experience, looping like that and never touching down and taking it in and hearing the words that were said to you and and the words that you said and reflecting on all of that kind of stuff, that it does turn into a kind of mental, emotional indigestion.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then the body mirrors the mind, right? So it's like, you know, your feelings get stuck in your body that don't get eliminated, those on those traumas that we just like ignore. And it's like, you know, those, all those windows open on your mental computer of all this stuff, undigested, unreleased, (laughs) stuck. And then we're wondering why our body can't heal. It's like, well, you're dragging your vital force down with the weight of all this unhealed stuff, which represents energy, right? It's stuck energy. And yeah. that's like really, I think, important. And I, I've thought about that quite a lot recently, actually, with the digestive system, because it's just like, if you like use it as a metaphor, it's like, well, okay, are you, di- first of all, are you chewing on the experience? You described it, thinking about it, like, you know, what, what what went on? Then are you swallowing it? Like, are you accepting it? Are you digesting it? Are you breaking it down? Are you finding the lesson in it? And are you now eliminating it from your body, like forgiveness of yourself and others? And now being left with a story that heals, right? Like, I mean, to me, there we go. That's just the whole process of like emotional release work from like the beginning to end.
0: Right? That's beautiful. I love that. And I wanted to point out one thing that's been a finding of mine that I know you know, but uh, that stuck energy is not passive, like whether it's physical, mental, emotional, whatever level. It's not, it's not a passive thing. It's an active thing. It's not just like being stuck. And, and, and then we'll, we'll, um, I see this all the time in my work that we separate oh. ourselves from the stuckness and we'll talk about the stuckness, like it's some third party
1: mm-hmm. and
0: that it's stuck. Yeah. As if it has will and volition and the ability to choose and everything like that. And it yeah. clouds over the uh, yes. Yeah, stuck pops up a lot. Michelle said, and, and, uh, it clouds over the fact that if you didn't actively now, maybe unconsciously, right. Doesn't change the fact that it's active, but if you didn't actively mm-hmm. suppress certain parts of your experience mm-hmm. into your unconscious, which just means what's hidden from you, then you would na- like nature would take its course, mm-hmm. right. That, that, that there is no such thing as stuck energy that isn't being stuck.
1: Yeah. Actively actively held down. Yeah. I get you.
0: Exactly. And that's why there can be such a massive energy return and big results that are more what seem to be spontaneous because you're returning so much energy back to your system that it can now do Do what it naturally does.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love the metaphysical aspects of disease issues, right? Because It's like it gets you to look at the mindsets, the emotions that you might not be acknowledging just by, you know, having a good book on metaphysical healing, seeing which organs are related to what mental or emotional states. And then, yeah, just doing that inner work on it instead of just going, oh, it's all about the food. It's all about the lifestyle. It's all about the environment. It's all about the herbs. It's all about the vitamins. It's all about, you know what I mean? Like, it's not all about those things. And actually, you know, if you just restore your health back to the way it was and you just don't have the symptom anymore, you actually aren't transforming. Right. So that you miss the opportunity to. And and I think that you just don't get the level of depth of healing that you could if you literally took every symptom you ever had and always did this kind of work with it. It's like just a practice of self-healing. I've got some really good books that I love, like um, Your Body's Telling You to Love Yourself by Lise Bourbeau. I love that book.
0: Amazing. Yeah. Maybe uh, you could lay a little book list on me and I can include it in the notes below. Yeah, Um, yeah, that uh, the level of the depth of healing and and how so many of the systems are making their claims based on a photograph of a moment in time that my symptoms went away Mm -hmm. and and we call it a healing. But but where the transformation hasn't taken place, it's again going to be business as usual. Just going back to all all of the th- reasons you were in that situation in the first place still exist in seed. Yeah, and, and the tendency is that you're, they're going to manifest again. Now, yeah. if you transform to a certain degree, they might manifest in an, in a more subtle way, in a less you know, a less in your face, less of a showstopper, less of a, and that's where I've been at for that last 20 years until recently. And then it was like, boom, (laughs) right? Yeah. yeah. And all of the added extra stress and, uh, and, and then what can be, uh, yeah, truly healing comes from transformation, Ashley. Exactly. Exactly. And then, and then there can be transformation without physical evidence. And I've been in those situations where I knew I had healed, Mm -hmm. but my body didn't reflect it. And and uh and then i the physical is slower mm-hmm. is what i notice oh, yes, you know, exactly. it, it, it can be there can be some catch-up there yes. just because it's you know it, it it took longer to get it to create itself in a certain way and, yeah. it, and it could potentially but but that's not the uh the whole truth of it either because people have spontaneous physical healings too mm-hmm.
1: sorry yeah it's, it could be it could be either way right like just depends, mm-hmm. I think, on the situation and like all like there's so many invisible aspects of every um, you know, challenge that we have. We can never say it's just one thing. And that's another thing I've noticed, actually, when I'm working with people. Um, I had this woman that I was working with with her son who had extreme eczema. And in the end, um, she wanted to be able to tell her her friends and the people that, that had seen the before and after what diet we were on. Right. Like <laughs> and it was just like very, I couldn't, I was like, well, we, you know, we use this and, you know, that's typically associated with this approach and we did this and that's usually approach like, you know, that approach. So there is no like one thing. Right. And that is where I think people can get, like they can limit themselves with this idea of needing it to be like that straight line linear path. Like it has to be, has a name on it or whatever Um, it's that's kind of like a block to the healing because it's trying to put labels on something, right? Like when, when I'm looking at a situation, I'm looking at like the individual person, how, you know, I'm always checking in with people about like, does what I say even resonate, right? Like, does that feel right to you? Because I'm not in your body, I don't really know. Like, I'm not, um, I don't know, I'm, just, I'm not a medical medium. I'm not like, a, you know, one of those psychic people who can see in your body. I'm literally just like, working like with you to help you find your own answers and of course i know a lot because i read a lot and i've studied nutrition and i'm an instructor of nutrition but i still don't know what the right pathway is for each person until we figure it out as we go that's just the end of story right like there there are like it's not that i don't have a system that i follow with people so that i make sure that i don't miss things right like that's good having systems so you don't have like miss out on like important foundational things. But at the end of the day, the process is gonna reflect how, what the per, what, like what's actually happening with the person when you implement something. Is it respond, is the body responding to that or not? Is the-, is the person responding to it like on their soul level too, right? Because if you like feel bad about what you're doing, there's no way that it's gonna give you good results even if it was the right recommendation. Because you feel bad about it, which mm-hmm. comes back to like not being um, a victim to the situation. It's, you know, like, I mean, that's just, I guess, the first obstacle is like literally turning it as like, I choose that I am going to be positive about this and I'm going to find ways to be inspired to take care of myself better. That it's not a hardship, it's an opportunity now. My, I, I let it go to the point where my body is like saying sorry but now this is your focus.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Even though you didn't plan this and you don't Not necessarily it. want this and you don't Not want to it. do the hard work at many yeah.
1: levels. And it <laughs> for you because that's the, everything that we have is our body, like, you know, like the lights going on, on a car, like the gas is empty or this is wrong or whatever. So the light goes on. That's the symptom to tell you that you need to give it attention what attention it needs could be physical, mental, spiritual, everything. I mean, anything nutritional, Mm -hmm. we might need to move. Right. Right. Like, like because we, I I don't know, I love this like little analogy because I think sometimes people try to thrive in areas that are not a match to their um, potential. And one of the examples of it is if you take like a plant that's indigenous to Hawaii and you try to grow it here in Kelowna, it will never reach its full potential no matter how much it thinks, you know, positive, <laughs> right? It just won't, that's not the environment for it to, to be and, you know, fulfill its potential. So that can also go into um, things like career paths for example, right? Like if you force yourself to do something that you hate doing to get the approval of your parents or society, well, then you're and in those, that environment, you're never going to see the full potential of what you're capable of or who you're capable of being. It's just impossible. That doesn't it's outside of like, you know, the natural law, basically.
0: Right. Right. Oh, so interesting, because. Uh there are certain things that you know if i if i had my way i would just pick up and and move to a tropical climate where i could eat pineapple fresh mm-hmm. off the tree and coconut water and all that kind of thing you know so that that yeah. i always I always feel like that would be the ideal for me and i'm and i'm uh, mentally working towards that you know or like you know the, the but it's not that liberation what's that
1: that liberation
0: that kind of liberation, yeah, and and there's a chance it could happen, and there's a chance it could not happen, also mm-hmm. because my choices are not just based on my own self, mm-hmm. and uh, you know variety of circumstances, and my relationship with my son in particular, exactly. And yes. and so, at the end of the day, I think that the I like I'll I'll choose a paradigm that says I can I can reach my full potential under even the most oppressive of circumstances. Mm. Mm-hmm. because to me, it defies all circumstances and all terrain.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I'll just go with, I'll just go yeah. with that. But I, <laughs> yeah,
1: no, I mean, the, we live in a, like the yin and the yang, right? There's like a little bit of truth in both and a little bit of a lie in both. Right. It's like, yeah. You can actually let, like, I mean, you might fulfill a different potential, right? Like if we were stuck in a um, concrete um, jail cell, um, in the dark, well, then we might fulfill our spiritual potential in that right. environment.
0: Right? right. Right. And there are good good uh, examples of people who have done exactly that. Yeah. I'm curious to ask you about experimentation in the natural health world. And we're kind of already on that topic here that, you know, um, I am a mad experimenter, and I've always been like that. It has been both a, you know, self-empowering kind of thing, but it also, at the same time, has got me into trouble because I, you know, glom onto a certain idea. I read, you know, little knowledge is a dangerous thing as, mm-hmm. as they can say. And, uh, I'm still, I'm still in the wild West over here. You know, I, am trying not to bug you every five minutes. And, uh, there, I'm sure there's things about what I'm doing that I don't know. And maybe I'm working against myself and all that kind of thing. But do you think it's better to risk the experimentation and see, um, not clear results, because it'd be like, Oh, well, I'm pretty sure I'm going to suffer what I ate yesterday, for example, and then I don't. And I'm like, Oh, okay, well, is that a good experiment Mm -hmm. that I am, you know, does it mean I'm strong enough? Or does it mean I'm fooling myself? Right, Right. And that kind of thing. So
1: yeah, well, I think, like, just understanding like a little bit about the digestive process and like people's enzyme levels, right? So just because you had like one small piece of bread, and you didn't have the symptoms doesn't mean that bread can be a free for all at this point in your healing journey. But you may have just eaten just enough that you had the enzyme capacity for. So therefore you digested and assimilated it fine. And there's no symptoms. But usually people like to go like, Oh, I can do this thing. So I'm going to like go crazy with it. And then they will go crazy with it. And then make the wrong assumption that they can't have any. Right. So that's one example of just knowing a little bit more about our physiology as humans can help us determine what actually the truth is of that unique situation in that context. And this is a frustration to me that we don't actually know how our body works. And I think that's why we're so susceptible to just going to a doctor and believing it without question, what we hear, because we don't even know what the organs are in our body, where they're situated, how they work. Um, And so it's just easy to buy into things, right? But if you know a little bit more about your body, then you question it, you naturally question it. And, you know, without getting too conspiracy ish, I just had this like feeling it's like, well, no wonder they don't teach us human physiology in high school. Because you don't, you're not really good little um, patients if you know too much. You, you ask too many questions and we only have five minutes. And in that five minutes, we're going to get a diagnosis and then we're going to offer drugs or surgery. We don't want to answer a bunch of questions, right? Um, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not saying that like every doctor is like that, but unfortunately, it's just that's how the medical system is set up, that even if a medical doctor, especially one that is in canada and this very specific protocols and is not able to do you know their own thing like you know some of the medical doctors in the states who are you know they have privatized healthcare and they can actually take a different approach you're going to get almost the same thing every doctor that you go to in canada because it's not safe for them to tell you what they really believe anyways if they believed anything different
0: so they have immense liability hanging over them exactly exactly
1: not, not even their fault they don't study nutrition So they don't study their medicine is not the study of health. Medicine is the study of pathology and pathophysiology, which is like, you know, what are the mechanisms by which, you know, this thing happens and like, what are the symptoms? And then how, how is the progression of the disease? That's what they're experts on. So, you know, if you want somebody who's an expert on the progression of your impending disease, that, that's what you're looking to have more of. Well, then put all your energy and all your bags or your eggs in that basket. But yes. I don't think that's what people really want. I just don't think that they're aware of a different way of thinking about it, unfortunately, at this point.
0: Yeah, exactly. It comes down to that indoctrination. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it, you know, regarding the experimentation, where I can see okay. as you're talking, where it really goes wrong is using experimentation to come up with policies and uh, I recently did a video in the House of Free Will all about policies and why they work against. It's like you said, oh, oh, I had a little bread, and now that means bread is good, good yeah. bread, yeah. <laughs> right? And never like thinking about, oh, what's the timing of this, and what's the amount of it, and what's the quality of it, because you know, I was thinking like I could have had, a, I could have had a like hot dog bun, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and committed suicide, but it's, it's like spelt to seem, you know, like fine crafted, and yeah, maybe. Made with a lot of love and in his small batches and all of that kind of stuff and yeah so we get into trouble when there's the desire for some policy that's going to work in all circumstances so we can mm-hmm. uh, relax our higher mind and take us that take the task of thinking and mm-hmm. and 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 observing and being honest about what's being observed to yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and life is a moving target. This is something that it's, it's, you're going to be continuously in new circumstances. Some things are the same, but I like what you said about uh, not teaching any, like, how could I get, I'm about to be 55, by the way, my birthday is coming up uh, in a couple of weeks. And how could I get to 55 without having really learned the physiology of digestion? Mm Mm-hmm. And that I think I know, and there's bits and pieces that I've researched and got to the bottom of. But until I was uh, arrested by my own indigestion, Mm -hmm. then that hunger for that knowledge uh, wasn't as deep. So that's what inspired me to invite Sherry to come and do a workshop in the House of Free Will. It's going to be free for members on the Anatomy of Digestion and that's not just going to be the physical, but it's also going to include because your perspective is always holistic, and you're you're you know you can't unsee holism, you can't unsee the whole once you've seen that it's uh, you know multi multifactorial. So I just want to make sure and, and let people know that if you would like to take part in that workshop that is uh, going to be for the members of the House of Free Will only, then uh, here is an application. If you haven't yet joined, if you already joined, then where you're going to be getting a signup link like any minute <clears throat> now. And um, so yeah, that will be that will be excellent. As you know, I'm, I'm pretty selfish in the topics that I choose to cover, knowing that somebody always comes and says like, Oh, wow, this is exactly what I needed to learn, or it was mm-hmm. the thing I needed to hear at the exact time I needed to hear it. Yeah. And so that's how I like you were talking about earlier that I take my own challenges and my adversity, and I always will flip it into trying to help other people. Yeah, at that level, not because I'm such an expert now, but because there is valuable knowledge to be had.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that's the best way to learn is to learn from someone who's been in your shoes and who's done it or and is still doing it themselves. Right. Like that. This it's I find I really like doing these interviews because it helps us talk to things in the context of something real and memorable for people. Right. Whereas just a lecture is. You know, it's a lot of facts, but it's actually hard to remember at the end of a one hour lecture what you learn because there's no application to it. Right. So talking about it in the context of real situations is how it makes people have it stick, which is why like, I like the idea of having the um, training in the house of free will include the metaphysical side of things, because that's the side that is like for people, right? Like, they're just like, oh, they suck it up. They soak it up. They want to hear that because then they can relate it to, um, you know, looking within. And I think especially like your um, community is people that are deep and they like to go deep and they want to know more, right? It's not just about, you know, the physical because that can get like overwhelming and, um, you know, a lot to memorize and whatever, but I'll, I'll bring pictures and, and things like that. So, we'll, we'll go through the digestive organs and we'll look at them, at the same time, as we're, we're going to talk about them on all the different levels, not just the, you know, physical and anatomy and, you know, physiology of it. So it's easy to understand and to remember and memorable.
0: Right on. Yeah. And I think it's going to definitely blow away the paradigm of, you know, digestion is your esophagus and your stomach and your liver and your uh, small intestine and your colon. And like, that's kind of what we've been led to believe. But that was part of it.
1: That is even a good understanding and anatomy wise compared to what the average person would know about like I mean you just actually like right like the average person doesn't know that
0: right, right, and then never mind the more highly nuanced like influence of other things, like your lungs and your um adrenal glands and the the way well kidneys are obviously involved. And so, yeah, I want to get the fine points of all those questions. So I'm pretty excited to host you for that coming up November 10th, by the way. So there's a little bit of time. We've still got uh, maybe 11 days for the sign up. So there's time to apply to the House of Free Will if you're not yet a member. And if you are already a member, then you'll be learning about that. So you were talking about real situations and examples. And I know that really super does help people. Are there any you know, case studies that you have seen that transformation at the, at the holistic level where people really change their life, they change their mm-hmm. health that mm-hmm. could help to uh, show them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, hold that thought for one second. Cause I was like, there was something I wanted to say before that. It went in my head then it left. And I thought it was like really great in line with your question about like just trying different things
0: what yeah.
1: works on, you know, and what doesn't work. Um, is that this there's an other element when it comes to working with food and your body's response to food and it has to do with your stress levels so you know you might have this much of a piece of bread on a day where you're extremely stressed and that could cause digestive symptoms on that day but have you know five times that amount on a day when you're super relaxed and have absolutely no symptoms. And it's because your um, body does not want to digest food when it's in a state of acute or chronic stress, because that's not necessary. You're running from a tiger. You do not need to eat any food. So it literally shunts all the blood away from your vital organs where your stomach and your digestion happens into your arms and legs. And then it literally makes the digestive system not function optimally. It's functioning at a very low capacity. And so so the question that then is, is the problem the food or is the problem the stress, right? Exactly. Um, so that's another example of, you know, why everything is so, you know, unique to the person, unique to the situation, unique to the day, um, unique to the quality of the food, like, you know, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, if you put your body in that fight or flight kind of a mode which we're used to being in is comfortable for me in fact it's kind of uncomfortable that my my work is always on the other side to be to be comfortable in a relaxed mode and to you know like lay down after a meal it's like what's that <laughs> you know we're, we're napping like, well, i don't know I've done, it doesn't even compute <laughs> yeah exactly. I have a lot of yeah yeah and our stomach is, is our second brain flat smack said exactly exactly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of intelligence that can be there or not be there. That was that was one of the things you, you probably remember my message to you, Sherry, that when I it was in the healing process and and I there were so many markers of healing that I could see. Like, oh wow. And and my my most favorite one was that mental acuity came back.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I was used to functioning with less. Yeah, mental acuity, and I could still pull off a lot of stuff, and yeah. and keep my eye on the ball, and so I, you know, I can rise above it. But when it, like, all of a sudden, this was, was like nook, 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 all of this, you yeah. know, my, and probably beyond, it's still it's still a moving target, like that, you know. Yeah. You, every day is a, a new experiment.
1: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs>
0: but uh, but yeah, that though that just seeing how it is, you know, your digestion and your and your mental function are intimately yeah. tied.
1: Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so going back to like another story, um, I, I love to tell the story. I started telling it earlier, um, with, uh, this client that I had whose son had, um, eczema that was extreme from her and actually has so many of the elements. Cause I learned so much from this experience, right? Like, it's like, all you have to do is work with a client who is extremely, Um, open and willing to do the work and willing to um, work with you to find the answers. So um, I had a client who heard my story of how I um, used the leaky gut diet to heal my son of his eczema and she was living in Taiwan um, and she was told that her baby had incurable eczema and he was eczema from head to toe. He looked like he had been burned and the only option that they gave him was to put cortisone cream on his body. And she happened to hear my story, which I just shared, you know, freely on the internet and, um, wanted to work with me. So we started, um, working on obviously gut healing, but here's the kicker. That's so interesting. And so i um, useful for people to understand, especially when they have babies with any breast fully exclusively breastfed babies with, health problems, um, is that her, it was the mother's digestive system that was pr- like producing breast milk and then you give it to the baby. Right. So I had to work with the mother so that the baby's eczema would go away. Hmm. That's what had to happen. Cause the baby was just drinking breast milk. Right. So you might go, Oh, is this baby allergic to the mother's breast milk? No, the baby's, um, was getting, um, breast milk that had, undigested food particles in it. And babies already have a leaky gut because their gut hasn't closed because it it doesn't even need to be fully closed at this point there. It's like, you know, when a baby is um, on the outside of the mother, when it's still breastfeeding, you can consider them still like one, one unit, right? They're getting all that nutrition from the mother. So if something's going wrong in the mother or in the baby and they're exclusively breastfed, you got to go to the diet and the whatever the lifestyle, the the unique reason why the mother's um, not digesting the food properly so that it becomes nutrition in the breast milk, right? So you shouldn't have food particles in breast milk, that breast milk should have already that food should already be broken down into nutrients, right? Um, so but because it wasn't, it was triggering um, the eczema. So in the beginning, what happened was I started working with her using the principles that I knew to heal the gut. And guess what happened? It immediately got worse. So if she were to be somebody who, you know, was just like persnippity about that, or anxious, or um, just assume right away that, you know, obviously, we'll never get to the bottom of it, because the first thing we did was wrong. Um, then she would have never, six months later, had a baby without any eczema on his body. Right. Um, so, the reason I'm telling you this is because she's actually the, an example of somebody who is a perfect person to take their health into their own hands. Right. So, in all of that time as a practitioner, I never once felt her project her anxiety onto me as a practitioner because she was of the mindset that we're going to do this together and we're going to find the answers and. I'm willing to do what it takes to take my health into my own hands, right? Or my baby's health into my own hands. Mm -hmm. It probably helped that the medical system had completely given up on her, right? That sometimes you think that's a bad thing, but actually that can be a really good thing to just completely disengage from that. Mm -hmm. If they throw their hands up about you, now you can really get help, right? Because you're not of two minds. Yes. You're of two minds. You're not, you've got one foot in one world and one foot in the other. You're limiting both worlds, in a sense, right. Cause you don't fully believe in, in, you know, necessarily one approach unless you literally believe like there's a whole other, like there's a third way, right. You can actually use, you know, go conventional routes and like use natural medicine to help you to tolerate the medical route better, right. On a stronger body. So there, that is the, you know, another thing, but um, in this case, they had given their hands up, um, thrown their hands up about this case and only wanted to offer the drugs. And um, so Yeah. So I did all the normal things that you would do that you would think of for gut healing. So, you know, um, if, if, you know, somebody has knowledge of gut healing diets, one particular one is called the gaps diet. This is one that I've been trained in. So I just started working with that with her and then it got worse. And the reason it got worse is because um, her body was not digesting and fully breaking down a certain chemical, natural chemical that's found in foods. So that chemical was building up in her body salicylates and histamines in particular Mm. but how did i figure that out not because i'm a genius or that i even knew about that to be honest with you at the time how i found out about it was god sent me somebody to tell me the answer who was coming to me for the answer for her child and in the process of her coming to the answer from me she gave me the answer i needed for the other person right Fun. So yeah. So she was like, yeah, I did this diet. It, elic- it eliminated all these different things. And my daughter doesn't, this is the other person. She was like, my, my kid now doesn't have eczema, but my kid can only eat five foods. Right. So here's an example of people trying to so-called like get rid of these symptoms by, you know, going on these, you know, intensive therapeutic diets, but they're just basically avoiding food groups. They're not actually healing the gut. Cause if you Help, if you actually healed the gut, you could eat all the foods again, without the response, the negative response, right? Um, so that's basically what people do in this world, mostly is they just have a food sensitivity, and then they, they avoid the food. But the underlying problem, the inflammation and everything that's going on the dysbiosis, the imbalance of good versus bad bacteria, that is still going on. So if you take out one food, but you don't heal it, then you're immune system is going to sensitize to the protein of another food. And then you're literally going to be like taking foods out of the diet until there's nothing left to eat, which is basically how I learned to use the leaky gut diet for my son because he was getting to that point. And, um, but his scenario is nothing the same as theirs. Nothing, but they both had eczema, right? So you, you just don't know until you get into it. So, um, finally we figured it out based on that situation coming forth, right? So then I was like, okay, that's probably why my client is getting worse because she's reacting to these histamines and salicylates. So, so basically the long and the short of it is that we had to take those out temporarily um, and then slowly reintroduce them while giving her optimal nutrition so that her enzymes were functioning optimally so that she could break down salicylates and histamines, as she moved forward. And then as she increased her capacity to do that, then we could add in more gut healing foods because there's a lot of gut healing foods that are high in histamine. So, it, you know, there's all these different food chemical groups that um, can be triggers for people of inflammation or they don't have the digestive enzymes to break them down fully. And then they just build up in their body. Um, so that's like the nuance. So when you work with food sensitivities, you do have to become like a food detective. And that's why I'm telling you, I have no idea what is going to be the answer for anyone because it's like insanely unique. And, um, but that's, you know, part of it is just being open to um, trusting that like your body's just going to tell you. It's going to tell you if that food's not good for you. Doesn't matter if it's considered a health food, it might not be the right food for you as an individual. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, in that process, um, this now I'm talking about the transformation part of it. So, So the physical part of it was the baby had no eczema by the end of six months. Um, I did check in with her years later to see um, how her son was doing. And um, he was able to eat everything without any problems as um, a young child at that point. It's been a while now since I've spoken to her. Um, But six months in, at the end of our six months of working together, she still couldn't eat cashews. That would still trigger too much. Of the um, that natural food chemical for for her digestive capacity at that point, but as you keep going, you know, you just you just heal more and more. So um, later, it wasn't an issue. Um, so how long it takes is like who knows, right? But hey, would you be happy if you had no eczema six months later and the only food you had to avoid is cashews? I'd be happy, right? Yeah. <laughs> so
0: that's a great outcome.
1: Yeah, yeah, and so she. <laughs> Um, In that process, got to learn how to take her health into her own hands. She got to see the power of food, the power of natural medicine. Um, So what kind of um, paradigm change happened for her is not just that she now knows how to, you know, eat natural whole foods for her child, but, you know, she understands how to heal the body and how food can heal the body. And that changes the trajectory of a person's life forever. Like, I don't know what the impact would be. In her life in all areas moving forward like how about how many people did she talk to that saw that happen that may have just made a different choice in their life that could have prevented them from going down the same path or a disease state or like who knows right like and and that is the example of like you don't even know even if you don't you heal yourself and you change your paradigm and you step into your world in a totally different way Um, And you don't necessarily become a practitioner, but your story of you healing yourself gives other people the belief that they can do it too. I mean, that it could be as simple as that for a person. And that is their way of giving back in the world. That simple.
0: That's beautiful. What a great story. And uh, what a good outcome for the mama and the baby in particular, because those things can end up really coloring your, your childhood. If you, if you struggled and you suffered and your mom struggled and she yeah. suffered and oh, yeah. those things go on and on, they have lasting effects. And yeah. so the ability yeah. to nip that in the bud, like you did, or like you helped she her do it. like yeah. she did. Yeah. 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 It's
1: not anybody who can follow like, like very limited food instructions. Right. But when your kid is suffering there, and you don't want to see them suffering anymore or your digestive system is not working and you can't eat anyways. I mean, you just accept it and do it because what exactly. else are you going to do, right?
0: Exactly. And you have the gift. I'll just let people know of being positive under what seemed to be not positive circumstances. Mm. And, uh, and it's not just pie in the sky or it's not just rose colored glasses either. It's, it's just exercising that muscle that we have to, to be positive and uh, you know, I remember one day it was like oh yeah well a little setback but uh, I always came away from mm-hmm. consulting with you I was in a better state already mm-hmm. because you know any bad signs I would be like oh this isn't going well and oh my mm-hmm. gosh and where are we headed and and just a little injection of of that positive energy mm-hmm. went a long way
1: right you
0: know in addition to exactly. all of the the knowledge and, and everything like that. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I always just kind of think of it as, oh, okay, let's just try this, see what happens. Oh no. Okay. How about this? <laughs> you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Again, the experimentation.
1: It's feedback from the body. Yeah. Right. Like it doesn't, even if it's the wrong thing, that's awesome. We learned what the wrong thing is. Right. right. Do that again. Right. <laughs>
0: right. Right. And even if the learning was to be present with the mystery of mm-hmm. life and health and death and those big, those big questions. And that, uh, you know, it's not, it's not about being able to make sense of everything because yeah. I don't, I don't really see that that is possible. I love your point, how, you know, your, your children and, or your, your son and that other baby had the identical symptoms, mm-hmm. but it was a completely different unraveling to get to the other side,
1: yeah. even though
0: you did. And I know you have a, a big focus on weight loss, uh, which might not be I, like, I don't know. I, I think it's, it seems everybody I talk to when I'm like, oh yeah, I'm trying to put on weight. And they're like, oh, can I give you some of mine? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, right, like that, it seems like the vast majority of people have the other problem that they right. tend to, to keep yeah. their weight on. So for those out there that might have, you know, and, and chances are they've been through every single possible you know, Weight Watchers and the mainstream and all these different claimants that that are um, saying you can do this and and how those short term results can be extremely uh, misleading.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, f- for anyone out there, do you want to share how no. how you would work with somebody? And you have no. a really good, um, I mean, you have several testimonials there, but if you no. if you can give us an example, that'd be great.
1: Yeah, well, basically, we're told that we need to count calories and exercise to release body fat. Um, and we're told that that is basically like the unequivocal truth because of the science of physics, um, which basically is the law of thermodynamics. And therefore, if you just stop eating calories, then your body's going to start burning fat. And it's going to use you know the calories on your body to do that. And most of us know that that is something that actually happens temporarily. Every single one of us can, for a certain amount of time, stop um, eating food, and then we can get some results with weight loss. Um, Or we can do that while exercising harder and get some initial results. But by the same law, we actually are not able to maintain that fat loss because we have to have a certain amount of energy in our body. So if we stop eating, enough calories, then we are not, our body's not going to let us burn fat because it's like, no, if you, if I let that fat go, now we won't have the reserves. Then we don't have enough energy in the system. Same thing, um, on the other way, if you are exercising too hard, then you're going to actually, start need to actually like eat more. And you might actually even, um, feel more tired than ever because now you're like draining energy. Out of your system so your body's going to want you to slow down from that exercise to preserve that energy that you need to have for optimal functioning of your body so basically this as soon as you start doing that while you can get initial results of weight loss if you start doing that too long the body goes no that's not okay we need that energy and then all these hormonal things kick in that preserve your energy so Weight loss is actually something that happens. It's driven by hormones. It has nothing to do with calories in the way that we think of calories. Um, Basically, those calories are it's 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 just sort of like a picture that we're creating in our mind for how this works. And it's it's somehow, you know, seems to make sense to people for whatever reason. It's just because we've been brainwashed to think that, you know, that's how it works. But we don't have any calorie counting organ in our body. There's nothing in there. That's counting any
0: calories
1: (laughs) the whole situation is a hormonal um, response if your body is in a state of balance it will have zero reason to hold on to body fat if it is um uh depleted of nutrition um, if you're stressed out um if you are inflamed you those are all reasons for your body to hold on to body fat and until those health issues Are addressed at the root cause you'll always fight with your weight um and so what people do is they focus that they want to like eliminate body fat from their body without understanding that they're not they don't have health problems because they're fat it's totally the other way around they're fat because they have health problems yeah so basically every single thing that i do that I would help somebody with any health issue. It's exactly the same with weight. It's literally finding out where your body is out of balance and providing balance at meeting the needs of the body that it's expressing through symptoms and the symptom is body fat. So the root cause is not being fat is not the cause of being fat. Fat is a symptom of something else underlying, um, that is out of balance. So in my case, I, um, ended up obese in my mid thirties, despite eating a whole foods diet. And Beth could attest to my food because we ate together all the time and we ate the same food and she was a stick and I was literally obese, right? Like, hello, (laughs) if calories were everything, you know, then how could that be possible? I even fasted once for, I think it was 11 days. I hardly had any calories at all because I was doing that master cleanse um, thing. This was after I had Isaiah and I had a mindset that was really poor. At that point, I was pissed off that I wasn't going right back to my pre pregnancy weight. And I had a a state of feeling negative towards my body. And I was like, I'm just gonna force this fat off. I'm just gonna do this cleanse. And I did it in January. And it's the worst time of the year to do a cleanse because it's cold outside, the environment does not support that. Um, My mindset was off, I was like, basically doing it from like a place of disgust for my body and not for health. And um, I literally, after it was 11 or 14 days, lost one pound. Explain that with calorie math, right? My <clears throat> hormones were like, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. That's not okay. You're, you're deficient and you're not going to be releasing anything, sorry, right? Um, so our body has reasons for all the things it does. It never does something for no reason. Um, and we have to listen to our body, right? So basically all I do is I make sure people have that right, proper diet foundation in place first, before we even go to like addressing different body system balances, because a lot of people skip right to body system imbalances without even providing the basic nutritional needs their body needs, right? It's like, if you have a nutrient deficiency, then you're going to have symptoms and actually that those nutrients deficiencies are what are going to make those, your organs and your organ systems out of balance. So why are we going to food as medicine for organs and organ systems? If we don't even have basic nutrition in place, if we haven't eliminated all sources of toxicity that we have control over, like, why would we even go to that? So most people like go straight to that because as humans, we want to make everything super complicated. You know, we, we don't want it to be as simple as, you know, switch to a whole foods diet, eat balanced meals, actually know what that is, because most people don't. Um, and then make sure that you fill in your nutrient deficiencies. And then what do you need to heal? You actually need your nervous system to relax, to go into healing mode. So you need to get out of that you know, high beta stress brainwave state and actually sleep properly. If you don't have those things in place, you could throw herbs, supplements for body systems, special foods for different body systems, et cetera. You could throw all that at it and it's the body's going to be still stuck. It's like, I'm still missing that one nutrient. You're still eating too many carbohydrates. You're not eating enough protein. You can't, like, the, all that other stuff just will not work without that strong foundation nutritionally. So that is something that I do in a group program and it's for every person because we all have basic human nutritional needs um and then if after that a person still needs more support then i would go into like you know specific things for their unique you know situation in their health um which is basically underlying every issue is deficiencies and excesses to some degree whether that's physical mental emotional like you know etc
0: yeah the one thing a couple of thoughts there that um it's so deprivation oriented, mm. yeah. And, right, and, and and I know this is a specialty of yours that you really keep your eye on the ball. And and I found myself at one point you now going like, if I can't have pleasure through food, there's nothing to live for. Like a real dramatic, like I, you know, I would rather die than yeah. than then right. And uh, and so the deprivation to some of us in it, it, uh, some of our archetypes can be more severe. Yeah. Um, and but but versus feeding what's needed right like that's a whole different kind of paradigm shift where like i can't i can't i can't it's like no this is what my body is asking for genuinely yeah. even if it's confusing because symptoms can be different you know and and our our of course psychology can drive all the cravings i was watching that last night when mm-hmm. you know, i was full on a, on a really healthy bowl of uh soup and broth and and good meat and then the de- it was the demand like I I I need to have something else like this yeah. you know and yeah and I got, I ended up giving in to, mm-hmm. to most of it and it seems yeah. like it kind of went it went okay but yeah so feed again feeding versus de- depriving right otherwise I might have okay. deprived
1: oh yeah yeah when I first um, basically started eating less carbohydrates I had to make myself so many different treats because I just was like. I need a treat. I need a treat. I need a treat like constantly. And I just gave myself permission to do that until I was not, not needing it anymore. Right. It's just like, but you have to find a way to do it. That's not going to harm your body. Right. So there's ways of having treats that are extremely harmful and there's ways of having treats that are not harmful. And it has to do with the quality of the ingredients that you use number one. And then if you have um, hormonal imbalances, then it's also other aspects of, you know, you want to make those treats that are in a way that's more nourishing to the body for that particular issue, um, which is you know going to be unique to everyone. But at the end of the day, in the North American lifestyle, we're all eating more carbs than we need to eat. Just basic. Yeah. Right? We just we're exposed to much more. Right. Like if you had to go and, you know, grow your wheat seed from scratch and then you had to like um, harvest it and then you had to make it into flour and then you had to make it into sourdough bread using the wild yeast in the environment Well, you probably wouldn't eat as much bread as you eat,
0: (laughs) (laughs) right?
1: So we just have so much access to things. So we think that just because it's a natural food that we can eat it, you know, as much as we want. Um, And usually if you have like a lot of muscle mass, then you have a lot more tolerance for carbohydrates. But as Mm. people age, they tend to lose that muscle mass and their tolerance goes down. And then we end up with one in four people with diabetes or pre-diabetes because we don't have the muscle mass for it. But we, we insist that we have to eat like tons of carbs.
0: Interesting. So we're going to go a lot deeper into some of these things in the the workshop on November 10th. There was one thing, one last thing, if you have time still, Sherry, sure, is, sure. is to talk about, because this is a really big thing in all of my, you know, nutrition studies, so-called and going down rabbit holes. And a big, a big thing they would put out is that you're getting too much protein oh, and yeah it was kind of weaponized. And I think that's how a lot of people ended up with the 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 heavy on the carbs, especially the vegetarians mm-hmm. going, you know, lacking the the plant, uh, pardon me, lacking the animal proteins. And so is there such thing as too much protein or, you know, is, well, there, and what would, what would the science be that? And, and how, how do you address that in your life? And I want to talk pancakes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it, I mean, it's going to be, your needs are going to be different based on your like where you're at currently. Do you need to build more muscle? And if you do, which most people do, you're going to need more protein to do that. Um, If you are recovering from convalescence, where you, have you know, had a surgery, or you've been sick, you're going to need more to recover. Um, The older you are, the more protein that you need, because you don't have the hormones to compensate for not eating enough protein. So when you're 20, and you're eating all this junk food, and it's all carbohydrates, because you have like, all this testosterone, you can still build muscle, right? Um, So people don't realize that they need more protein as they age, not less. And then we have these people in nursing homes eating cookies and tea. And then their bones and muscles are like, deteriorating away. And then they're weak, and they fall and then they can never get up. I mean, that's the trajectory of the average person in society, right? Or they're before that they're obese, because they don't have enough muscle, because if they don't have enough muscle, then they can't, tolerate their carbs, but they eat the North American diet and then they just get really overweight. And then what, what you'll see, it's not like they just, most of them don't like have muscle mass and then just get overweight, like everywhere. What happens is with also the stress of cortisol, partly because of the diet that's not healthy, but partly because of the chronic stress in our society, Now that cortisol starts breaking down their muscles so what you see and they and they deposit all this belly fat and all this fat in between their organs so what you see is women um, losing and men losing their butts and their legs so the butts get tiny the legs get really tiny that's a sign of excess cortisol. Mm. Um, but then they, the less muscle you have, then the more you're likely to put that body fat on. And the worst kind of fat is that around your visceral organs, that's a sign of like a lot of inflammation in, in the person's body. Um, and so, yeah, it changes our body shape. So our, our women, they get straight, they lose their curves. Now they're a box and men go the opposite. They go from being nice and straight to having the big beer bellies and then the man boobs and getting round, Right. So then we have like, you know, these like two different like, you know, ma- male and female bodies, but they kind of look similar at that point. <laughs> That's kind of funny. It is Our, funny. Like this cartoon and it was like, of a man and a woman at a beach and they almost looked like they had the same body because they had that 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 look, right? The skinny legs, the skinny butt, the big bellies and the man boobs. And the the man with the same body as the woman was like going, put your shirt on, right? And then they showed him with his like, you know, big man boobs. I thought it was quite funny, but <laughs> Mine.
0: <laughs> so fun. So fun. So I want to make sure this is something that uh, I could eat early on was um, because, you know, a lot of carbohydrates were going to hold me back. I, I could see that that there was, you know, still it was still really negotiating with my system, what could be digested in, in yeah. a good amount of time. Yeah, and yeah. so I started with um, your pancake mix. And I've never looked back. <laughs> I'm a big fan. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. So do you want to tell people the difference between this? Um, yeah. And I'm going to share a link here in the, in the sure. chat as well.
1: Yeah. So I have a protein pancake mix. It's made of grass-fed whey with psyllium seed husk, baking soda, and apple cider vinegar. So it's very clean. Um, and it's a unflavored, unsweetened mix. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, chicken or tofu where you have to give it the flavor that you want it to have. Um, so you can make sweet pancakes or savory pancakes. So your typical sweet pancakes would be like your traditional recipe. You can add um, just milk or milk alternative or water um, to make your sweet pancakes. You can add an egg if you want, but you don't have to. Um, You could add berries, chocolate chips, you know, whatever you want, but you're gonna get a nice whole food um, pancake that's balanced for protein and has only one gram of net carbs in it. So there's four grams of fiber and one gram of net carb, which is the lactose that's in the grass fed whey. Um, So it's great for people that are diabetic, that want to release body fat, who get inflamed when they eat wheat. It has like a very bread like feel to it. Um, And then on the other side of it, it has the savory version. So you can add cheese like I usually just add shredded cheese and like pre-washed spinach because that's my like laziest, you know, way of eating the perfectly balanced meal. Throw some sauerkraut on the side, add your butter, sour cream or cream cheese or whatever. And then you've got a meal in under 10 minutes. It's perfectly balanced for protein. Um, but you can add like lots of different vegetables to it. You can add a can of tuna or a can of salmon and make fish cakes. It binds like bread. Um, so it's really excellent for um, people that are celiac and um, or just have trouble digesting gluten and don't do well with it and find themselves getting inflamed. So basically you can have your pancake and eat it too um, and not have any negative, Um, effects of the carbohydrates, but you're actually balancing your protein so that you are actually providing your muscles and bones with the nutrition that they need to, you know, be as strong as possible. So yeah, there's my little spiel. And it's great for people like Beth and I that are super busy and always working and we want to really eat healthy despite that. Um, It's just such a fast way to get a whole food fast food meal on the table.
0: And it's so satisfying. So, you know, like where, where, again, there's deprivation, I don't do, I don't do that well for that long and being able to add, add this to my daily experience and know that it's going to be a pleasure. And, and I love the, um, the versatility of it, like that you can go either direction and you can even do both sometimes. Like I've even had a sweet one with I, that I made with broth and I was thinking like, this might taste terrible, but I want this broth as part of my meal and, uh, mm-hmm. and it was, it was lovely. I totally enjoyed it. And so, yeah, yeah there's yeah. lots of, uh, yeah, Kristen is a fan of the, the, um... oh, I can't see past My oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, actually I've done that too, Beth, where I've, I've been like, cause I, I love the texture of the mix with no eggs. I just think that tastes more like bread. As soon as you add the eggs, it's a different kind of a, a thing. So some people prefer it with eggs, some without. Um, but one day I was like, oh, I wanted, I was having chocolate chip pancakes and I wanted to add more protein, but I didn't want to add an egg. So I thought, I'm just going to add the shredded cheese to it and see what happens. And you couldn't even tell the cheese was in it. So I got to add the extra protein, but it still tasted like a regular traditional pancake breakfast.
0: Wow. Chocolate and cheese.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it may have, have an audio a issue some it. kind. Breaking, breaking up. up in- Doing that for you, Sherry.
1: I'm hearing it when, as soon as you said it on your side, I don't hear it online.
0: Okay. Maybe it's, uh, yeah, maybe it's fixed itself, whatever that was. If, <laughs> so. um, well, I would love it if you happen to be free sometime before November 10th, when the workshop comes, I would love to do one more uh, stream or just, you know, if it, if, if it all needs to fit in there, that's fine. And talk specifically about the gut biome. And, uh, and probiotics and a lot of, you know, misunderstandings around that and culture foods, which I've learned from you originally, and I still to this day have a fridge very full of my (laughs) ferments. Yeah. 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 And I'm going to be, yeah, and I hear you can order your pancake mix in bulk. So I'm going to be signing up for that when I run out. And I uh, think that if you order six at one time, you can get free shipping. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So if you order six at uh, a time, you can get free shipping anywhere. Um, and then the bulk that Beth is mentioning is not available on the website. Um, so that you would have to message me on Facebook here or um, email me, sherryrothwell at gmail.com. And we right. can something out. That's just more like a person to person thing. Um just because it's like, um, it, it's just complicated to get it into that level of like, you have to have different bags and everything for like larger sizes. So that's just a, like, you know, we're friends on Facebook. So now I'm gonna hand mix you some pancakes in the kitchen, give it to okay. you at a bulking price. Yeah.
0: Okay, fantastic. And if you're curious also about, Sherry's done a lot of writing and, and uh, logging of, of her knowledge, and there is a blog at her website. So you can click this in the chat and uh, go to her articles. And uh, you can learn more about her work at this link if you're interested in doing a uh, course or a training or some private coaching with Sherry. Um, These are the e-courses that she already has up that are absolutely jam-packed. I know uh, Sherry to be a workaholic and she puts her heart and soul into absolutely everything that she puts out. And um, there will be the group Mm, thank you. And then the, there will be the, um, the group coaching coming up as well, which I'll, I'll share more about with you guys. Um, anything, any closing words, uh, anything else you would like to share about sharing?
1: Yeah, just like take it one step at a time and like just look for where you have control in your life, areas where you can make a difference and just do it. Right. Because I think sometimes we get like super all or nothing. Like we're going to be a, um, you know, a purist about our nutrition and health or, you know, we're just going to be like the opposite end of the spectrum and not give a shit at all. Right. So where are you actually and there are some things we don't have control over. So, you know, I, we can't control the, the chemtrails and the you know, pollution and whatever else, but we do have control over the food that we put in our body. And at the end of the day, just find a way to get inspired about it and make it not feel like work, make it more like creativity where you're inspired to try new foods and inspired to try new recipes. And, you know, if that means you have to get in the kitchen with a friend um, or, you know, you need to buy a new cookbook or watch like a great YouTube channel of somebody else that's really excited about food, then you can like, you know, just get a transmission from them to be excited about food, like do whatever it takes to get into like a positive state of mind around it.
0: Love it. That's a, a great closing message, and thank you, Kristen, who or Christine, who's got some direct experience with your work now. So that's awesome. All right, my dear. Well, it's just been a pleasure. I'm glad to have uh, seen you here again. Please do join live again Thursday. It is um, what's the date then? The sorry, <laughs> November second. And uh, Kyle Denton of Tippecanoe Herbs and Michelle Lindquist of Michelle's Healing Home are going to be working together on filling in the blanks of the emotional world and how it corresponds to that archetypal, psychic, um, you know, astrological as well, because both of them have a really good grounding in the astrology of the plants and how the plants match up to the scale of emotion that is a ordered system that we can take part in, that it's, it's not as big of a mystery at that level as people might think, just because we have no training and no knowledge and this is something I I actually should have done as a private um, workshop, but I am just going to give away for free because people need this knowledge. Mm. So join us again on the second at two thirty p.m. Central Time, and we'll have Sherry back on again likely before the November tenth comes up for the workshop would be uh, which would be the work the week. After, if you would like to join the House of Free Will, you are most welcome to apply. It is an application process; it's a two-step process, so that um, d- the application alone is not enough. I actually physically uh, read every single word that everybody writes me on those applications, and then approve them. Usually, people who it's not appropriate for don't uh, apply, so you don't have to worry. Like if you don't, if you resonate with myself, then chances are you, you'll you won't have to be afraid to be rejected or anything like that. <laughs> And then my assistant, Christine, will send you a link to the agreement. So once you sign the agreement and you're accepted, then you get access to not only the upcoming workshop with Sherry, but all of the library of resources and materials that I've already amassed over the last now what are we a month, um, a year and about four months since the birth of the house of free will. I just did an update on, on the house of free will inside only. This is stuff I will not be able to say in public. So you will get access to a weekly snippet video. I do every Monday on a different topic. Thank you. Oh, Missy Barris was here. That's lovely that you were here as well. Mm -hmm. And, um, so yeah, lots of resources building as we go. And then community, and a nice telegram group, and we're going to start a movie. I can't call it night because we've got Europeans, so it's probably going to be like a movie day on a weekend where we all watch the same movie uh, on Zoom and discuss it and, and talk about the different elements that, that come up. So um, that's, yeah, yeah, it is it is fun. It's getting very playful in the House of Free Will, and I love that because yeah. I need friends to play with. Thank <laughs> <laughs> <Like> you, Sherry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: come to Kelowna it's your turn now.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You came here and we'll, we'll go there. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would love to do that. Yeah. All right. My dears, have a beautiful rest of your day. Thank you so much, Sherry, for, for joining us.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's always fun.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. You're super welcome. Bye. Mm -hmm.